Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Lunch Pill Guys podcast. I am your host, Wyatt, podcasting alongside Lucas, Jared, and Eden. There is no Bart this week, but I know he's listening. Um, <laughs> uh, before we get into anything, go ahead and follow us on all of our socials at lunchpillguys underscore on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, as well as leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform. And before any other major news, let's do news that we missed that won't actually make the show. Trey Lance will miss the remainder of the season with an ankle injury. Aiden, you want to take your victory lap on your your narrative being right? Exactly. Jimmy G won the job back fair and square. So <laughs> we love to see. They all count just the same, you know? <laughs> a take is a take proven right. <laughs> if you watch the game back in slow-mo, you'll notice when Jimmy G hands the defender who broke his ankle a $20 bill. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Jimmy though, conspiracy D- theories. Jimmy didn't want to like, be there, though. Yeah. I doubt he, no. he probably was like, just trade me. Yeah. I don't want to be playing. Now they're not going to trade him. But yeah. Honestly, Kyle Shanahan, though, calling just run plays for Trey Lance to get him injured. This was all, mm-hmm. you know. All part well, of the you saw the writing D- on the wall. Chess. He heard the show. Yeah. He yeah. did. <laughs> He, he's like, you know what? That Aiden Lewis is a good guy. I he's like, hmm, right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Dolphins had an incredible fourth quarter comeback, scoring 21 points against the Baltimore Ravens. I think Tua had six touchdowns that game, uh, coupled with an incredible Lamar Jackson performance as well. Uh, all-time yeah. game, I think the final score was 42-35, kind of off the top of my head. Did anybody actually watch the game or get a chance to watch the game? No, none no. of the good games are on in our local market. No, we, well, Jared, what do we watch? We watch Pittsburgh. We watch the Steelers, and New England. Ooh, Patriots. Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, half the game in the West Coast. Yeah, market. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah West <laughs> famous West Coast teams. The... It would make equally as much sense to show Baltimore and Miami. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good game. I I was watching through my fantasy team when I got an update. Oh, Lamar Jackson's in the red zone. Tyreek Hill's in the red zone. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, oh, okay, they're in the red zone. It happened a lot. Yeah, there at the end. From, yeah, if I'm watching the highlights, it felt like every like Dolphins touchdown was just like a 60 yard wide open touchdown to Tyreek or to Jalen Model. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. th- there was no coverage. There was no one there. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be high in the power rankings this week. I'll say that. Oh, a little teaser going on here. If somebody has that as high, high as four, where yeah. Lucas might be picking. Uh, the Jets <laughs> have a comeback victory against the Browns in the final two minutes. Luke, uh, Aiden, you want to take another victory lap for your New York Jets? Yeah, it's been a good week so far. <laughs> Two mm-hmm. victory laps. And a victory lap for the Jets is that's the first first one in a while. But but yeah, <laughs> that was just an, an absolutely wild game. Um but but let's go Jets. Robert Garrett, Sala already pulling out the receipts, I hope. You know, yeah. already <laughs> already it's a taking Garrett names. Wilson breakout yeah. game for you. Honestly though, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll give Ohio State some a... credit here. I'll, I'll allow it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Appreciate that. Getting up in the face of 95% of his college fans yelling at kids <laughs> who probably wore his jersey when he was at Ohio State. Very funny. Um, <laughs> the Giants moved to 2-0, another victory lap for the New York teams. Super Bowl? At least the division. <laughs> at least the uh, Super Bowl. Wait until no, you kidding. have to play the Eagles. Wait, we, can, we, can, we can go 2-15, get the number one overall pick. Uh, t- truthfully, I know you're not supposed to root for your team to lose. I'm a little scared. We might be too good to get a top three pick. I think I would rather <laughs> I would rather walk out of here with one of the three better players in the draft than to be on like the seventh pick 
and nothing against like Jackson Smith and Jigba, but we they've already declined Daniel Jones' fifth year option. We gotta we gotta get something going here. <laughs> we gotta get the Tyrod Taylor effect going actively. Mm-hmm. Oh, <clears throat> yeah, this is really screwing with the with the rebuild plan. Yeah, this was <laughs> maybe not. Tyrod the cards, Taylor was hey. the first was the first step. <laughs> Mike Gesicki, after scoring a touchdown, hit the greatest gritty of all time. <laughs> or at least he, it looked, the video looks like he does it in fast forward. The way he, <laughs> yeah. he is flying. The way he zooms right off the field in that gritty. <laughs> he said that it. it looked better in his bedroom. Um, so I, I believe that. And Jared, your chance to shine here. Notre Dame makes a statement win against Cal. <laughs> what was the final score like? Six to three? <laughs> Six or no, we scored more than Iowa does. Let's be honest. Barely. <laughs> Barely. Um The first quarter of that game. Oh, oh I'll, I'll let you no, go. No, no, you go, you go. Sorry. go, go. The first quarter of that game was the worst quarter of football I've ever watched in my life. <laughs> it was, it was bad. so bad. It was so bad. It was very bad. Notre Dame didn't have a first down in the first six drives, I think. Yeah. That was bad. Um yeah, the statement is that we're not good. That's the statement we made from that game. Um, I, one thing that struck me was like w- the frequency with with which we ran either two running back or two tight end sent uh, two tight end sets. So how much faith or lack of faith we have in our wide receivers? I, I'm saying it again. Tobias Merriweather did get in this game. They didn't even target him. What are we doing? Oh, so did he? at that point, at that point, I guess we don't have faith in pine to throw to the outside or we don't think our receivers are good enough. We need to get in the transfer portal next year for receivers and quarterbacks. And again, I'm super frustrated that our O-line continues to struggle and just just not look as good as it should be with five returning starters. Um, I think this is my, my hunch is that Freeman maybe has not figured out the way practice should be run. Because our execution, my theory is our execution has been really bad, yeah. but our schemes have been really good, actually. Like, think of how many times during that game where we had a, a free rusher on the quarterback and just literally missed the sack. I can think of like three times. Mm. So I feel like we're kind of schemed in the right places, but they're just missing. I don't know. That's just my hypothesis is what I'm going to say. That's my takeaway from the game. If we should keep running two running back sets, I mean, freaking Tyree and um, Estime. Estime, that's who it was. Audric Estime. Um, mm-hmm. Those are our like two best players right now, besides Mayer. So, might as well. Yeah. You got an gr- all time Tommy Reese moment of him yelling at Drew Pine to <laughs> yeah. do your bleeping job. <laughs> yeah, that became like quite quite a meme, I feel like, across the, the landscape. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know it's pretty rare that you see the guys up in the booth or get good video of the you know guys mm-hmm. up in the booth really going for it. That was a mm. great shot. That was very <laughs> enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. It worked. <laughs> it did, honestly, though. Yeah. <laughs> Taking victory lap this week, era the Broncos and specifically Russell Wilson, who is struggling. Two back-to-back ugly weeks, Russell Wilson losing to the Seahawks and then struggling in an ugly win over the Texans this last weekend. Only one touchdown. He had one interception and a 45% completion percentage. Lucas, I'm going to ask you this. What is the panic level for Denver? I think the panic level should be relatively high for the Broncos at this point, especially considering how much they gave up to get Russell Wilson. Just so we all remember, let's roll the clock back a few months, how much the Broncos gave up for Russell Wilson. They gave up. Noah Fant, tight end, 
Drew Locke was really the biggest <laughs> loss in the whole trade. Yep. <laughs> uh, defensive end, Shelby Harris. And then two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a fifth-round pick. It's a pretty big haul. They did get a fourth-round pick back, but, you know. Oh, sweet. <laughs> that doesn't really cancel it out. Um, but that's a huge ransom to pay for Russ. And he signed a five-year, $245 million contract once he was traded for. So they've invested a lot in this man. And they need something really good to justify this return. And he just hasn't delivered it so far. Both games so far, his QBR has been really mid. 51.5 in the first game, 46.6 in the last game. Again, as White referenced in the open, he averaged below 50% completion percentage in the last game. And the offense has been so bad so far. It's just scored 16 points in each of the first two games. Has looked hapless. Has just like looked like a team that is not going to score a lot of points this year. And one that's not very good. And if you trade for one of the supposedly best quarterbacks in the NFL, you should be scoring more than 16 points in your first two games each. And the thing is, is that the first two games haven't even been against good teams. Like, let's just say they played the Bills and the Rams in the first two games. Then I wouldn't understand scoring 16 points. As you work with growing pains, work a new quarterback into the system and stuff like that. But they play the Seahawks and the Texans, who are arguably two of the worst teams <laughs> in the NFL. I would say probably two of the bottom five teams in the NFL yeah. and only put up 16 points. They split those two games, winning one and losing one, and especially losing to the Seahawks when the Seahawks turned around and got throttled this week by the 49ers is especially concerning. And so, yes, Nathaniel Hackett, we don't have to delve too deep into him. He's gotten enough rightful, like, sort of, I'm trying to think of the word to say that's not cursing. Um, <laughs> we can curse a dull podcast. Yeah. <laughs> He's gotten enough criticism uh, for his performance, and I agree with that. But that being said, Russ has just really underperformed, and that offense looks so mediocre, and he's been so average. So I think panic level should be relatively high for the Broncos, especially considering the quality of the opponents they played in the first two games. Yeah, I, Is it time for me to say I told you so? <laughs> Can I fit that in somewhere? I told you so. I, I think do. I, going into the season, everybody was acting like Russell Wilson was still one of the five greatest quarterbacks in the league. Some people were picking the Denver to win the division, saying that he was the second or third best quarterback in that division. He's a veteran quarterback with experience. He has championship pedigree. But they were not an offensive juggernaut that was waiting mm-hmm. to be unlocked. They, they Up until this point, the offense had not proved anything. And even with Russell Wilson, they still haven't proved anything. And I, and I was banging that hammer all the way up. And to tell you this, the more you lean on Russell Wilson to make big plays for you, the worse it gets for your team. It, it, that's 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 what it's looking like right now. And Nathaniel Hackett does look really bad as a head coach, but I don't think Russell Wilson is really helping him out either. They've <laughs> ran 22 plays in the red zone. 18 of them were passes, zero scores during that time period. Yeah. He is not an effective quarterback at the moment. Even some of his biggest plays are like underthrown balls and all that. It just it doesn't look good. It looks clunky all across. They can't get any plays in whatsoever. Nathaniel Hacking can't decide whether he wants to kick a field goal or punt or keep his team out on the field. And there are so many delay of games. This is not a situation where we are a new team working out the kinks. This is like I'm a bunch of people who don't know what they're doing and how to execute at a high level. Mm-hmm. And even then, you work that out. Then you get to the phase of, okay, now we start working out the kinks. So the struggles are going to be here for the rest of the year. I'm telling you right now. Is it too early to say that Russell was a system quarterback in Seattle? What system? He was the system in Seattle, though. Yeah. I don't know what system they had in Seattle that everybody keeps referring to. I know. I think that is like 
an argument that gets parroted a lot, but he was the system in Seattle. Or they built the system around his strengths with a lot of high-quality talent. I don't know. If you throw him into a situation now where it's like the team hasn't been fully constructed around him at this point, it's not like the Seahawks team that he walked in on when he was drafted, which was already, like, if not a juggernaut, pretty close to it. Like, I think it's, like, it's fair to criticize him as maybe being, like, a little overrated over the past the well, course of his career. I mean, Russ had a pretty rough team around him the last couple of years and mm-hmm. was fine, right? Like, I'm not... Were they fine? Yeah. They, they didn't have a single they, playoff one in the last five years. Well, yeah, because the team was terrible. They traded away all of their draft picks. Like, they, like when's the last time they had a first-round pick or when that, like, worked out? Yeah, exactly. I feel they like he... Draft well. there, was, there was a bad situation in Seattle the last few years. Not saying that Russ doesn't deserve blame here because he's getting older and I, I, you know, the the prime of his career is past. But I do think like the whole play calling aspect is not helping him. The fact that they're not running the ball at all. I mean, as you alluded to, Wyatt, like the red zone stuff, like within the five yard line, they've passed eight times. He has not had a single completion, which is totally on Russ. But also, why are you passing so often within five yards of the end zone? Like Javante Williams is solid. Their run game wasn't terrible last year. I just don't really understand what they're doing. I was just going to say, looking back at like Tom Brady's first first couple games with the Bucks when he made that move, his first game, two touchdowns, two picks. Next game, one touchdown, one pick. Like It, it doesn't click all in two games, you know what I mean? So I think, I think we can pump the brakes a little bit. Like There should be probably... I think Russell is a known commodity for me, so I'm fine... Say, giving him the benefit of the doubt where Nathaniel Hackett we don't know but I don't know we have to give him some time too I think there's I can't think of something off the top of my head but I'm sure there's plenty of examples of a, a rookie coach making game management decisions that ended up becoming a pretty good coach or game management mistakes mm. that ended up becoming a good coach maybe so I just don't ever remember Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers looking this bad I remember yeah, they didn't look that. That's fair. They didn't look that bad. But when, Tom, when, it takes time to click. Like Tom Brady wasn't. He was throwing picks and stuff. I, I'll, I'll give you when they were in their first couple of games. I did not say that this team is going to win a championship. I don't think mm-hmm. I, I even believed in it up until close to around their their bye week when they mm-hmm. really started to get rolling. That that I thought that they were going to be a championship team. I just don't ever remember a team looking this bad. And especially the Texans and the Seahawks are supposed to be and probably will be. One of the two of the mm-hmm. first five picks this year. Yeah. And, and right now mm-hmm. it's looking like Seattle might be picking two times in the top five because they traded a, their, <laughs> the Broncos mm-hmm. traded their picks. So like this, they look awful that they couldn't beat a top flight team. I, I just, you got $245 million tied to Russell Wilson now. Like they, mm-hmm. they, he's their future. He's there now. They have to figure it out. But he looks like a guy who went from 33 to 45 in a matter of one year and that's that's incredibly uh, yeah. worrying for me yeah. yeah and you have to imagine that when the broncos sign that extension they're signing it for the first two years you know like that's what they're relying on mm-hmm. is the first mm-hmm. couple of years like who knows where russ is gonna be mm-hmm. five so the fact that yeah if this year or next year does not work out could be an all-timer really in terms bad, of bad yeah. deals yeah, yeah. so what about the colts how worried should the colts be they went uh, they lost last weekend. They tied against the Texans in week one. Matt Ryan has not exactly looked spectacular, even though he's supposed to be the best quarterback that Frank Reich has ever had. How worried should the Colts be? Uh, Lucas, let's start again with you. After going 0-1-1. and 
Yeah, I think this is also really concerning. Like, this is like, I think this is a different level from the Broncos of like, they were pretty good last year. I mean, they didn't make the playoffs, but they were like right on the cusp of it. They were nine and eight. Um, they're the best running back in football, Jonathan Taylor, objectively last year. And so you would think adding a Matt Ryan level quarterback, somebody who has made a Super Bowl and who has just been excellent throughout his whole career, again, on the older side, um, but someone who, again, you would think is. Would it make 18 better, or would it be an improvement over Carson Wentz? Seems to have not have been. Like, the team looks pretty bad again. So I think, like, even maybe more so than the Broncos at this point, there should be a real cause for concern for the Colts at this point. And Jonathan Taylor hasn't really gone off. As being a number one overall pick person that drafted Jonathan Taylor in one of my fantasy leagues, um, (laughs) my team is 0-2, so... (laughs) <laughs> Jonathan Taylor pick it up. And it's all on Jonathan Taylor. No it's one else all on him. Taylor. And Russ. I also have Russ too. So it's literally <laughs> on both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's tough. This is a team that has drafted really well in years past past with uh I know he's going by Shaquille, but Darius Leonard. Uh they gra- they mm-hmm. grabbed Stefan Gilmore this last offseason. They've drafted Quentin Nelson and, and Jonathan Taylor, and they've put together a pretty good roster around Michael Pittman who is a stud and they kind of get a little bit of a pass at least in years past because they were left at the altar when, when Andrew Luck decided to retire, like Andrew Luck would have been today. One of the three better quarterbacks competing with Justin Herbert and, and Patrick Mahomes. I believe that. And when he retired all of a sudden it's they they've been struggling to find their way up. Like they're too good to get a top three pick and they're not good enough to draft or to, to really succeed. But I, I think at this point, Frank Wright should be on the hot seat. I, like this, mm-hmm. this, there was a, a situation of, of a lack of preparation, and he's supposed to be this offensive quarterback guru that transformed Carson Wentz into the stud he was uh, in that phantom MVP season. And, and Matt Ryan was a, a savvy veteran leaving a bad system, and he's supposed to transform him. But teams that start off slow every single year with the amount of talent that they have and now they have to fight their way back up from a deficit, is that is a coaching problem for me. And, and Frank Reich mm-hmm. every year now has kind of been a guy who has yet to get his team over the hump to compete for a real Super Bowl chance because, I mean, they missed the playoffs last year because they lost to the Jags. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that, that is... The eyes have to be on him, and his seat's got to be at least getting a little warmer now at this point where, okay, Carson Wentz didn't work out. It was a shot in the dark, whatever. But now, like at this point, we've seen enough to where some something has to start clicking. They at least have to be right there. Yeah. Mm. Honestly, though, they could not have been gifted with a better first two games to start the season. Mm-hmm. Like your dream scenario mm-hmm. is you're playing the Texans and Jags week one and two, and they're zero and two or zero one and one, which is yeah. just that is right kind of a nightmare. I mean, they're tied with Texans with the last place in the division. And like I said, yeah, the Texans Jaguars are going to that division right now. Yeah, let's go Jags. <laughs> let's go Jags. I was going to start ripping Trevor Lawrence if they didn't win. Yeah. But what? Well, yeah. How do you want to hear the, the spiel? Is he really a generational type quarterback? Or is he just, you know, somebody that we believe so? Because a lot of other quarterbacks have succeeded early and he has struggled. Mm-hmm. But 
He's starting to look better, so I'm, that's not a real take. That was just I had that baked into my mind. He, had, and he also had one it. of the like most awful head coaching debacles we've seen in a while. A lot in, of players do. Mm-hmm. A lot of players do. Not like that. Do you think he's generational? Maybe not. Third? But I don't know. I think he's generational. I think so. I don't know. Is it really, really? generational? Okay. Like, yeah, I, don't, I, I think yeah. he had a really good freshman year, and he hasn't really like improved relative to yeah. that much. He was since. supposed to be the I most pro-ready quarterback we yeah. we've ever seen since Andrew Luck. Like, Andrew Luck was a stunner in his first two years, yeah. and if Trevor Lawrence did not turn it around, yeah. I was like, uh, I Andrew would, Luck I went would, into a way better situation though. They were no, he didn't. For him. Yeah, he, yeah, they did. No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. You just you're skewed by the they current Colts. Pay- they, they lost Peyton Manning. That's the reason they went 0 and 16 or whatever the, the heck their record was the year before Andrew Luck. They were it still bad. bad. They had a bad offensive line. They were still a bad team. Any team that goes 0 and 16 or did they go 0 and 16? I don't know if that's ever true. I just made that up. Any team that drafts, yeah, but you know, they're they're first bad. Overall, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, first overall is is uh, two and fourteen. Bad, you know, two. That's still pretty bad. And like the Jags have been bad forever, but Trevor Lawrence at least had to start like start looking good. I mean, he he looked really bad, and maybe the schemes weren't good, but he was making pretty bad throws as well. Mm. But again, it's not a real take. Give him some stuff. I was gonna that was just baked into <laughs> the back of my thing. mind. But cut it. Yeah, <laughs> they lose they lose two games in a row these next two weeks. It's coming out, and I'm gonna have data with it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Thursday night football. We love. Divisional matchups, the Chiefs, the Chargers. I mean, that what a fantastic game! Why don't we get another great divisional matchup? <laughs> oh, it's Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Okay, never mind. Uh, we're gonna do our scores. Bart has sent his score in via fax. We got the fax paper right here. <laughs> okay, Browns twenty, <laughs> Pittsburgh seventeen. What a what a game! Aiden, what do you who are you picking on Thursday night? Yeah, the the ghost of Bart. Kind of took my score, but I'm gonna say Browns 14 to 10. Uh, this is gonna be a blue collar <laughs> matchup. Okay, we got oh, Cleveland yeah. and Pittsburgh, very blue collar yeah, cities. Blue. It's gonna be one on the ground, Najee Harris or Nick Chubb. Let's be honest. Like <laughs> Mitch isn't winning this game. Jacoby Brissett probably isn't winning this oh, game. I love for uh, Jacoby. What I, I like Jacoby yeah. more than I like Mitch, but he's you know really? he's no absolute star. Uh, and I, I think the Browns are pissed or hopefully should be pissed after last week. So one would think that they're going to come out with some fire. They're also at home. So I think they're going to take it. All right. Jared, who are you picking? I'm going Steelers 20 to 13. I think they have a better quarterback, in my opinion, with Trubisky. Even if he's not that good, he was throwing some dimes in that Patriots game that I had to suffer through. And they're really good at the skill positions, I think, better than the Browns. Um. The Browns, you know, have been tight in both their games. And yes, they could have, Nick Chubb could have kneeled down, but instead of scoring, and maybe then that would have happened, but they would have won that game. But I think the Steelers are a little bit more talented of a team than the Browns are right now. And Stefanski is one in three against the Steelers in the regular season. So I'm going to go Pittsburgh 2013. Lucas? Um, I'm going to go with the Browns on this one. I think it's also going to be a rough and tumble blue collar matchup. And so I think that I'm leaning towards the team, which I think is a better running back, which I think at this point is Nick Chubb, or at least I think he's performed a little bit better this year. So I'm going to go Browns 23-13. I'm, I'm shocked you guys to think they're going to get 20. I'm going to go Pittsburgh 12-9. to 
I think Pittsburgh's a better team. I think the Browns are awful, and I hope the Texans are have two top five picks because the Browns are horrible this season. I also I yeah. think not necessarily the fault of Kevin Stefanski, but he might be kind of on a hot seat. Maybe just maybe. Yeah, he, he he got he get he adopts Baker Mayfield. They tra- they trade for a quarterback. He gets suspended. I know it's not his fault. He probably has that baked into like his time frame. But I wouldn't be surprised if they were not happy with the way that he's performed this season. I don't know. He's like yeah. their only coach that's won in like twenty years. I feel like they mm-hmm. probably should be happy. But well, Qu- Baker was the only quarterback to win in that same time period, and they still got rid of him. So. I mean, There's unless you some... think you're going to get Sean Payton, I don't know. <laughs> like, can you always know be I mean? thinner, look better, you know. <laughs> uh, so Bart, Aiden, and Lucas are taking the Browns. Jared and I, Twin Power, taking the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> a collective score of like fifty. <clears throat> uh, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, moving on. Our our week three are going into week three NFL power rankings. <laughs> Who are the top 10 teams in the NFL? We don't know. We're going to ba- uh, debate it right here. Jared has the honor of the number one overall pick. Jared, who is the best team in the NFL right now? Yeah, luckily, I got the easiest pick. Um, number one, it's definitely the Bills until proven mm. otherwise. They have the number one scoring offense, number two scoring defense. Probably have the MVP front runner right now in Josh Allen. They just annihilated two teams that were playoff teams last year. And watching Stefan Diggs run around is is just a thing of beauty. There's this team's firing on all cylinders right now. They're on the war path, the revenge path, I think, from last year a little bit too. Um, I can't see anybody right now beating the Bills, so I'm gonna put them one. Aiden, number two. Yeah, I think two is also pretty easy. I'm going with the Chiefs. They lost some peace in the offseason. They they look good as ever. You know, they beat up on what will probably be an okay Cardinals team. They were in control in the second half of the Chargers game, though the Chargers did drop a bunch of potential interceptions, but neither, neither here nor there. Uh, but Mahomes had mentioned, I think, like before the season started, that in the absence of Tyree Kill, the Chiefs would have a balanced approach where every single week it's going to someone different. Sorry to all you fantasy football guys. And he was not lying. Like there's not been a star yet, but they've been dominating. You know, only Travis Kelsey has double-digit receptions, but he's spreading it around to Juju and Valdez Scantling and Hardman. It's working fine. So Chiefs are number two. I have the number three overall pick, and I'm in a really tough position here because there are two teams that I like a lot. I was going to pick the Ravens until they lost. Oh. I'm going to go oh. with the Miami Dolphins. Whoa! I think okay. I think maybe by year's end the Ravens might find their way back up into the top three. But right now the Dolphins look really dialed in, and I th- mm-hmm. the, on there's two ends of the spectrum. There's Nathaniel Hackett who looks like he's completely unequipped to be a head coach, and there's Mike McDaniel right now who looks like he's finally he's put some pieces together. He's a fantastic play caller. He's doing everything right. Uh, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. What little, little teaser for Instagram this week? We're gonna do some overreactions. Voted by you guys. Uh, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle might be the best wide receiver duo in the NFL right now. Jalen Waddle's breaking out. I really like what the Dolphins are putting together, and I think they're going to get the nod for me here at number three. Hmm. Lucas, who do you have at four? I'm surprised y'all left them for me, but I'm going to take the Eagles. Yeah, and I would have, I had them a little team. high. I, I had them third on my big board. So I, I think it's too, like actually. not 
too far away. That was my other team. Um, I had the Dolphins at four, so I was fully planning on taking the Dolphins too. So they go on. But yeah, I mean the Eagles like this. Is, I don't even think this is a homework pick. Like the Eagles are sometime for me. Like I think the Eagles are genuinely an excellent football team. They are averaging the most yards per game of any team in the NFL. I think my take last week about Jalen Hurts being a franchise quarterback has been just like objectively proven correct mm-hmm. at this point. <laughs> like he looked yeah. that first half against the Vikings. He looked dialed in like his passing was excellent he had that long bomb to quez watkins his running was great he had that long sort of like run where he just like bulldozed over a few guys to get into the end zone for the touchdown last night he played so well that he didn't have to play in the second half and the defense struggled in the first game against the Lions, which i think is what held them back from like really or held me back from really being optimistic about them before but they look great against like a vikings team last night that was able to put up some points against the packers the previous weekend especially darius slay who had two interceptions, but probably could have had like six. Which I mean, we can blame some of that on top eight quarterback Kirk Cousins and his like collapses in primetime games. But like they overall played really, really well, the Eagles, and I think are like kind of a force to be reckoned with. Um going forward. They're the most rushing touchdowns of any team this season. If they can play defense like they played last night against the Vikings, I think I think they're in good shape. I think they're objectively a top five team in the NFL right now. Uh, um, Jared, who is the fifth best team in the NFL? I feel like you guys are not going to like this pick, but I'm going to say the Bucks here. Um, their offense hasn't been good, but I think they've played two really good defenses so far in the Saints and Cowboys, and they have the best scoring defense in the league right now. And they made, I mean, maybe Dak has regressed and is not good this year, but they made Dak look very mediocre. Obviously made Jameis look like the old Jameis. And their offensive, they're doing this with like a pretty decimated offensive line right now. I think that they and Tom Brady will figure that out. And that core is still pretty intact that I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt for now. Have they been the most impressive? No, but I think they are probably one of the five best teams in the NFL right now. So I'm going to say Bucks at five. All right. Aiden, the number six team in the league right now. I'm going to go with the Chargers. I think the Chargers really could have won that Chiefs game. Like, it, it took that interception return, um, 99-yard, or what, interception or fumble return, um, plus a bunch of dropped interceptions on the Chargers' behalf, plus Justin Herbert being slightly injured uh, for them to lose that game, a game that was at Arrowhead. So I think the Chargers look good, but they, they really have to protect Justin Herbert because a little bit worried about him. Gotten hit a bunch. He has the rib injury, so that's going to be something to kind of watch over the next few weeks. Yeah, maybe a, a, a Justin Herbert with ribs takes that game, you know? <laughs> exactly. Rib Justin Herbert. <laughs> One more rib. Yeah. LASIK, uh, Jameis Winston, and appendixless Joe Burrow, the three greatest threats that this league has ever seen. That's yeah. why Joe Burrow is regressing, okay? That's, he needs we'll cover exact, it later. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, a good reminder for me too that I need to take out uh, Justin Herbert on my fantasy team for this upcoming week. Is he out? Because of, I think he's questionable, and my backup's Tua, so I feel like, oh. yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I think you should keep Justin Herbert in this week, Lucas. But he's okay. playing me. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have the number seven overall pick. Ravens are the seventh best team in the NFL. Their defense does not look as good as it has in, in years past. Their secondary is not exactly fantastic, but Lamar Jackson looks like one of the three best quarterbacks in the league. I mean, it's him, it's Justin Herbert, and it's Patrick Mahomes, and it's Josh Allen, of course. 
who are really competing up there with the with the top spot. And if you ask me, Lamar Jackson has answered a lot of questions about his ability as a passer and a, a dual threat quarterback as good and athletic as Lamar Jackson is, is scary. I really like the Ravens right now. Lucas, who's the eighth best team in the league? <clears throat> so I want to note first before even picking that my big board exactly in order has been picked at this point. And I think that that's an accomplishment. Oh, I guess not because I had the Eagles at three. But, you know, for the, for the other ones, we're, we're doing all right. But I had those swapped. But I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers at eight. Oh. I think it's a little bit of a momentum pick, but they looked really good after um, Jimmy G came into the game, dominated the Seahawks in a way that Russ and the Broncos couldn't. Put up a 27-7 victory. And as of now, the 49ers have the best um, defense in the NFL in yards per game. So I think combination of that good defense, um, Jimmy G coming in and adding a little bit more momentum to that team to get him working on offense. You can see, I don't know, a lot of people on ESPN are like, oh, you can see how much the guys love playing for him, Jimmy G, because <laughs> they've had all that winning experience. And I don't know if that's true, but I think the vibes are pretty good in San Francisco yeah. right now. The defense is really good. I think they're playing well, so... I'm going to go 49ers at 8. Uh, Jared, who is the ninth best team in the league? I'm going to go with the Jets. No, I'm just joking. I'm, <laughs> I'm actually going to go with Bart's Minnesota Vikings here. I think, um, look, it was a Monday night football game, so we were due for a Kirk Cousins meltdown. He threw mm-hmm. three, pit, three mm-hmm. picks. He's 2-10 and ten now on Monday Night Football, which I'm sure ESPN loves that stat. But <laughs> I feel like they have such a talented offense. And they, they kind of forgot that they had Dalvin Cook in the backfield that game. I needed him to do some stuff on my fantasy team, and he barely did it by getting like 30 yards or whatever he got. Um, but I feel like they have more talent than the Packers, who I would have put there, and they beat the Packers. So I got to go the Vikings for now. Off Aiden, round out the top 10. Who is the 10th best team in the league? Uh, this is an exciting pick, but I, I think it's the Rams at 10 for me. I mean... They looked better in week two, despite letting their foot off the gas like way too early. Um, but I don't know that that Falcons Rams game was never all that close. The Falcons really tried to make it close at the end with some special teams plays, but the Rams still looked like when their offense is firing, they're good. Matt Stafford is still making way too many mistakes, even though last year he made plenty of mistakes, but even more than usual we're seeing this year. So um, I don't. They don't look like a, a returning Super Bowl team right now, but I still think they crack the top 10 just barely. Anyways, that's going to do it for us with this episode. Thanks for listening. As always, please like and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Lunch Pail Guys, um, and on TikTok as well. We got some content. Uh, so yeah, and return for our second episode of the week. We're going to do a little bit more college football and NFL talk.